Welcome to Sammy Joe's Podcast, the show that is all about gaining insights from top performers as they share what made their teams successful and translate those ideas into your everyday lives and businesses. Here's your host, three-time Olympian, professional speaker, author, and entrepreneur, Sammy Joe Small. Welcome to episode 11 of Sammy Joe's Podcast, where I interview one of Canada's first black professional hockey players, LaToya Clark. Originally from Pickering, Ontario, LaToya earned a scholarship to the University of Minnesota where she captained the Gophers to an NCAA National Championship. She went on to play for Canada's under-22 national team, eventually signing with Montreal in the previous NWHL. A skilled and speedy forward, she moved back home to Toronto when the CWHL was forged and went on to play for the Etobicoke, Durham, Vaughan, and Toronto organizations, playing seven years of professional hockey. She has been a key member of Canada's inline hockey team, earning the title of world champion. During her playing days, she signed on to work at Warrior Hockey and has continued in the industry and is now one of the longest serving women in the business of hockey. I hope you enjoy my interview with LaToya Clark. Firstly, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional Indigenous owners of country throughout Canada and pay my respect to them, their culture and their elders, past, present and future. LaToya, we only played together for one season, but your enthusiasm for the game really to me was unmatched. Uh, You made practices fun and brought joy to the dressing room. So thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah, this will be exciting. I feel like we were talking a little bit and there's so much about you that I don't know. And I think with a lot of my teammates, I know them from when I played with them and after, but I don't, I never really stopped to think about prior to that. So we're going to get a little bit into that. And then your experiences at in elite women's hockey and then into what you're doing currently. So I guess let's start with your very first team and your family. So okay. what impact did they have on your hockey career and how did they instill the values in you that you then continued on into your workplace environment as well? Um, well, my mom is actually, um, she's West Indian. So she's from, she was born in Aruba and raised in St. Vincent. So she'd been in Canada for a while before I was born, but really had no idea about hockey or anything. Had she um, seen hockey even? She had seen it. And funnily enough, I guess when she was pregnant with me, she watched a ton of hockey. So like if I was a boy, my name would have been Daryl after Daryl. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so she really had no kind of idea. And then growing up, I was a really active kid. And, um, you know, she was like, okay, well, and I'm like, I, I want to play hockey. And she's like, well, I don't know about that. Like, did you she loved figure skating. Hockey? Like, what, why did you want to play hockey? That's just like any other Canadian kid, right? Like, it's yeah. everywhere. You have, you know, uh, friends at school that play. I played tons of road hockey, just like everybody else. And um, so I really wanted to play. And mom's like, no, you know, I think you should learn skating first. So we're going to put you in figure skating. And I'm like, okay, which is a lot of girls, I think, their initiation into hockey. So I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I guess this is the compromise. So I'm like, okay. Um, and the whole time I just was told that I skated like a hockey player. And so <laughs> for two years of it, I'll never forget it. I had to do a recital and my mom had to make me wear a hummingbird costume for, she made me a bird costume and oh then made gosh. me wear it for Halloween as well, because I had to get use out of it. So <laughs> I you hope know, there's really good pictures of that outfit. There are, and they're very deep. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But, um, so for the two years I was figure skating, I 
I just wanted to play hockey. And then finally she kind of broke down and was like, all right, let's, you know, we'll put you in hockey. And um, so I started in the Scarborough girls hockey league. Cause there was no Durham team. I grew up in Pickering um, and uh, just started playing house league. And then was like, Oh, there's this thing called select. Do you want to play that? I'm like, I don't know. Sure. So went out and played there and then just kind of never looked back. That's um, quite the commitment for uh, your mom to have to drive you to Scarborough all the time though. That's what? Yeah. Like she, a 40 minute drive. No, from Pickering, it's not that far. Um, okay. We were right on the border. We're, you know, Wayne's Road, so it was really close. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was tough because my mom was working shift work, so I had to get, you know, it was a lot of, you know, handoffs to other teammates or whoever to, you know, to get uh, to get rides with to, to games. Um, but she worked in Scarborough. A lot of my family lives in Scarborough, so that drive to Scarborough, it wasn't really that big of a deal, so... Um, we didn't even think anything of it, right? There's no league here, so you know, play wherever it's closest. So just and what was your minor hockey experience like? In did you play all the way through in Scarborough? No, uh, three years. First three years in Scarborough started when I was nine. First three years in Scarborough, then three years in uh, for the Toronto Red Wings team, which was a sort of a weird situation that had happened. There was girls teams for that Red Wings organization, um, and then it kind of got split off into two teams, and there was like a powerhouse team on the like that was the exact same level as us and it was like Jillian Ferrari and oh, Sherry wow. Piper and yes. so it was like head to head all the time with another Toronto Red Wings team <laughs> um and then uh after that played for the North York Storm and then three years at Side. and I still am happy to say play for Side when there is hockey <laughs> <laughs> when there is hockey yeah what was your mom's experience like as a parent in the game was she somebody that you know I have my mom, who, if games were really tight, would always go and get a coffee. And <laughs> she was sort of that nervous uh, parent. Whereas my dad, he was more of a chatter. And I would say that he was, neither one was really a raw, raw person. Um, but they both were so different. And I, I find every single parent different as to how they raise their child. So what was your mom like as a parent, a hockey parent? Uh, well, she was pretty involved, right? Like she was, you know, uh, obviously there as much as she could be and was there and, um, cheering as much as she could follow. Okay. <laughs> um, she learned the game as it went along and still like, she's a huge sports fan. So she's to this day is probably a bigger all around in general sports fan than I see. Did she grow up as an athlete so. in the West Indies? Like, did she play? Uh, she played like netball and those kind of things and ran okay. track and that kind of stuff. Like it's pretty limited as to what she was exposed to there. But, um, but yeah, you know, she's, she loves, she loves sports. So she just, she loved the excitement of it and she would get excited and, you know, not that, you know, she understood the play. So I never had those conversations with her in the car coming home about, Oh, this happened here and whatever. She's like, Oh, you played great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was my, my experience with my parents. Um, <laughs> the only thing as a goalie, they can tell if lots of goals go in. So that yeah. would be like, so well, lots of goals went in today or yeah, yeah. yeah, you played great. Or that was sort of the two opposite ends of the, ex the extreme, but your mom must've had something in her to want her young daughter at a time where when really there wasn't that much, that many girls playing sports um, to excel. And what do you think made her want that for you? Well, I think just like any parent, I think you just want your kids to experience what they're interested in and what their passions are. And she could see it and, you know, from an early age and begging her to even play the game. And then I fell in love with it. So um, she was just always, always supportive. And even to the point where when I was going away to university, it was not about her and how far I went. And, you know, there was other options to be closer to home, but 
you know, it was all about what I felt comfortable with and where I wanted to go and what I thought was the best fit for me. So she's always been that, you know, she's been my rock and been super supportive the whole way along. And like, she's been a, a great hockey mom, you know, so I, I couldn't have asked for, for better. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I think maybe it not her not being able to play sports or maybe not knowing that that was something that she wanted to do growing up. She's always had like a, you know, an interest in, in the competitiveness of sport. So, you know, when she saw it and recognized it in me was, you know, full, wholeheartedly um, wanted to embrace it. You're well, you're certainly very fortunate to have somebody that saw the value in that. And I think that's a perfect segue into your university career. Um, you went to the University of Minnesota um, winning an NCAA championship in your final season as the captain of the Gophers. Um, that must have been so incredibly special. Um, what made that team so special for you and that experience um, something that I'm sure you'll never forget? Never forget. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's something that it's, it's so it comes up every now and then where I talk about it or I think about it. I'm like, I can't believe that happened. Like that, <laughs> it just it still surprises me sometimes. But um, I think you know, well, when I went to school as a freshman, our team had, before it was NCAA, my freshman year was, the first year was an NCAA sanctioned tournament. Um, so, but the year previous, um, Minnesota won, um, which was, I think, like the AWCHA, I think it was called. Right. Um, That's so Are you the, around the same age as Jen Bottrell? Because she was also yeah. in it at that same time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I was a couple years behind her and then she would have taken a year off for Salt Lake, I guess that would have been. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the first year she went to Harvard, I think it also was not in NCAA and then it switched into whatever it was before that, I guess. Yeah. Right. It, exactly. So, um, so there was a lot of pressure because, you're, you know, I came into a program where it was really heavy on freshmen. There was nine freshmen and nine seniors and then a couple in, like middle classmen. Um, but, uh, so there's a lot of pressure on returning champions and, um, we were hosting the tournament that year. So the first ever NCAA tournament we're hosting at University of Minnesota and wow. we didn't, we didn't make it. We had to win one of our two last games and we lost them both. Oh. And so level of devastation set in early. I'm like, what did I get myself into now? <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, I thought I was coming in and kind of riding the coattails here. <laughs> um, but, uh. And that yeah, was your so, first year? That was as a well, freshman? That was my that was my wow. first year. So, um, yeah, the second year, you know, we lost a, a huge crop of, of seniors. Some of our freshmen ended up transferring or, you know, like leaving or were hurt and couldn't play. So it was a really, really skeleton sort of roster for our second year. And we lost early and we nobody really expected much from us, but we kind of just dug deep and went on, on, I think we were undefeated throughout the entire season going into NCAAs. So um, that was, again, we lost our first game in that tournament. So once you lose the first game, that's it. But that, that actually was in the, at UNH and uh, there was, there used to be a third place game. So oh, that year there was a third place game and we played Niagara. So we lost to Brown and Duluth beat, um, Niagara so we ended up playing Niagara in the third place game and the game was tied and it was going into over, overtime so we they told us they're like you have literally five minutes of overtime and then we're cutting it because we have the national championship game that's televised coming right. up so oh my we goodness. ended in a tie so <laughs> they only had a award well, nobody scored place 
What's that? Nobody Sorry. scored. Nobody scored in the five minute overtime that we got. A, so there was the, probably in the whole history of probably NCAA sports, the only time that two teams have tied for a third place. Yes. And then following that year, they were like, yeah, we're going to get rid of it. So they scrapped the third place game. It no longer exists because they didn't want to run into that issue again because they, they gave us the third place award. But Niagara was sitting there being like, uh, so they got the hand of the fourth place award, but they're like, really you so both they got third place. Them third place ones after. So yeah, it was just, yeah. So they, they had to rethink that one, but uh, sometimes in women's sport, I feel like it's not until something happens the first time that people are like, Oh, Oh, yeah. maybe we shouldn't do that that way. Yeah, we need to reevaluate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so. so that was your so that, second year? Second year. Third year, um, we, we lost again. We lost, uh, the tournament was at, in Duluth. Um, and so Duluth had won it my freshman year, my sophomore year. And then the junior, my junior year was, the tournament was in Duluth. And they ended up winning it. We lost um, to Harvard. Um, and Harvard, it was, Harvard played Duluth in that final. I begrudgingly sat there with my folks and watched the game. And it was one of the best women's hockey games I've ever seen in my entire life. It was up and down. Um, Angela Ruggiero got a uh, misconduct period, uh, penalty in the, in the overtime. Like it was two or three overtimes. I can't remember. And it was, it was just wild. The building was packed. Um, but I was like, this, that, that like, I'm happy for them, but I, my, my time is running out. I got one year left. Yeah. Like, I, need, I don't know if you heard my do podcast something. with uh, Jen Bottrell, but she talked about, I asked her about her favorite games. She talked about that game and, you know, yeah. they didn't lose that much, but they lost that game. And she still talked about it as one of her favorites because she just felt like the crowd. And I mean, you would have felt it. It was the first time yeah. she felt that in women's collegiate hockey, that it was just this surge. It was like the next level of must have been incredible to watch. It was incredible to watch. And as much as, as much as, you know, we, as a, as a gopher, you have a rivalry with Duluth. Um, you know, it was really, really special to see. And now, you know, Joanne Eustace, Newfie is one of my best friends. And so she'll always hold that over me. She has three national championships. And I'm like, but at least you got to experience yeah. it with her. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's sort a dagger of. to the heart when you're watching sort those of. games. Yeah. But then later you're kind of proud of yourself that you did it. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm glad I forced myself to watch it because it's one of the best memories I, I have. And I wasn't even in the game. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, just taking that and um, going into the next year and, um, as a, as a co-captain, I, you know, we really wanted to make the season count and we're, you know, we're, we're on board, we're on world time, essentially. You only have four years in which to accomplish something. Um, so this, you have a very fixed amount of time. So um, we, we had a lot of ups and downs that year. The other co-captain, which is one of my best friends still to this day, Kelsey Bills, um, she lives in Minnesota now still. She's from Calgary. So we had two Canadian captains on the Minnesota team, which is pretty rare, I think. Pretty unheard of at Minnesota, especially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, she broke her leg uh, second weekend in Wisconsin. And rather oh. than go to the hospital there, she rode the bus back with a broken leg. Wow. Like, <laughs> so That must have been it, devastating for her, though. Devastating. And, you know, that talk was there in terms of and I was, I was like, are you going to redshirt then? Like, you, you can. She's like, no, I want to finish with you guys, like with my class. And I was like, well, then we better make it worth it when you come back. So she worked so hard to come back and was back in uh, early on in uh, into the next year. So um, and, you know, still had issues back and forth. But um, 
just she was just incredible and, and honestly she was like the motivating factor there I think and in that um in the final game in the championship game I read somewhere in an interview you did a long time ago about um it being 2-2 going into the third period mm-hmm. and that you had a moment that is <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that moment and um, how your teammates helped you get past that moment yeah it was um yeah, we were playing Harvard in, in the final game and it was, we would go, we went up one nothing early on and then they tied it up. They came back. Uh, we came back, I think, and went up 2-1. They tied it up. And so, or maybe it was the other way around. Now I'm getting a little cloudy. It's been too long. <laughs> but um, You're allowed to, th- to remember it any way you want. Yeah. And um, I, at the end of the second period, you know, going back into the locker room, um, I was just, I was just thinking, I'm like, I have 20 minutes left of my college career. And, you know, I, I looked up and I think I probably said this in you know, the interview I did, but um, we asked our coaches to get the, you know, our, we're wearing our white. So we asked for our maroon jersey. So at least one of our parents could be wearing it in the stands um, with our names on it, like our actual jerseys. So, which was great. So I looked up and I saw my, all the other parents like wearing our maroon jerseys and, and I was skating off the ice and I'll never forget um, Chrissy Wendell came up to me, um, who's, you know, a U.S. Olympian, an amazing, amazing talent. One and of the best players that I think has ever scored a thousand goals on me. <laughs> amazing. Just yeah. amazing. Um, she just came up to me and kind of saw that I was looking around and could, I think could sense that I'm usually pretty energetic and, you know, um, don't really like... Um, wear my heart uh, like well don't wear worry on my face or on my body right. yeah. too, too much and pretty, she kind of sensed I would say pretty fun loving even keeled right yeah for the most part. exactly so she came up and as we were skating off she just kind of gave me a little tap on the butt and was like hey Clarky, we got this for you I'm like all right okay all right I'm in it I'm back I'm back yeah. I'm right let's, let's, all right let's do this so um went into the room I couldn't tell you what was said in the room I have no idea um, and then came back out and within, I would say under a minute, um, uh, between the line of Wendell, Darwitz and Stevens, they went out, scored wow. That's it quite was, a line. Yeah. And it was reviewed. And so I remember sitting on the bench and Darwitz just looked at, looked at the bench and was like, Hey guys, if it, if it doesn't count, we'll just get another one. Turned out it did count and they went out and got another one. So we're up four, two with like, a couple minutes into the third period. So starting to breathe a little easier at that point. But after that, it was, uh, we scored a fifth and then a sixth goal. So within the last, I think it was like a minute and 45 seconds to go. And um, our coach, uh, our assistant coach at the time, now uh, head coach, Brad Frost, he put a line of the four seniors on the ice, plus one of the juniors who didn't get a ton of playing time. So sent us all out on the ice. And as I was going to take the draw in the offensive zone, he kind of did a whoop, whoop, Clarky. And I'm like, what could he possibly be telling me right now? And he's like, I don't care how tired you get. Don't come off. Don't come wow. off. And I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I Just spent play the, last, this out. the last minute or so like playing, but also taking it all in like between whistles, like kind of looking around and really trying to relish in this moment. Like this is going to happen is actually going to happen and it's like a, a dream being realized is is something really powerful that must have been so special because often in games we don't get those moments you know for um him to have that foresight 
is yeah. pretty special. Um, you know, that, that just that ability to say that to a player or to anybody um, to really take it all in and to appreciate it because we're so focused and yeah. we don't actually have those moments. But it helped that you guys were up by, what, four goals at that point too? Yeah, yeah. So you could kind of take your foot off the gas, but you also don't, be, you know, you, you still, you're still playing and, you you know, you know, between whistles, you're still playing, but, you know, to just really take it in and enjoy the moment. And with my classmates, you know, on the ice with me, it was, it was amazing. It was the best thing until the pileup when the buzzer hit, because I ended up on the bottom of the pile and was like tapping out. I'm like, I can't breathe guys. <laughs> like, let me Welcome to the life of a goalie right there. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It was me and me and our goalie, Jody Horak, on the bottom of the pile. So, yeah, I feel your pain. I feel it. Yeah. Tell me about some of your teammates and, um, you know, what what made that team really so special? Uh, was it that you guys were this close knit, uh, great friends? Was it that you guys um, expected excellence? I mean, you had a star studded cast there, um, but I'm sure that it went beyond that. So what do you think made that team uh, so special that year? Yeah, I think, well, part of it was, like I mentioned before, it was, you know, Bill Z getting hurt early on and realizing, like, um, you know, your, your time is short, right? So let's use it to the best of our abilities. And we've been touted as a number one team before and had this talent the year before, got to the tournament and didn't win a game. And part of my story and, you know, what I would, you know, talk about in the room that I've been to the tournament a couple of times and not won yet. I haven't won one game at the tournament. So, like, you know, we, we take it one at a time, and, and that's kind of what it was. Just every This is ultimately what we're, we're getting towards, but um, we, we have to take it just kind of in, in small chunks, right? So, and we had some injuries. We had a lot of um, adversity that year. Um, some players that were, were ineligible and only played half a year or whatever it was. So, um it was like, okay, everybody pick your socks up here. Let's go. Like, you have to be a little bit more than than uh, what you've been. And now there's, you know, you kind of have to wear wear a couple hats. Um, mm -hmm. But it was it was just no excuses anymore. There's no excuse. Like everything that results from what we're doing is is us. So um, we really everybody just bought in that year and um, it was a great group. We had tons of talent, no ego at all. It was, it was a remarkable thing when we had, you know, especially when you have such talent like that, you know, Olympic caliber talent and some of the, you know, like you were talking about, you know, just most impressive offensive talents that I've seen or practiced with where, every day they would in practice do something that would like shock me to my core. I'm like, I don't know how that's physically possible, but that mm -hmm. just happened. But, um, which, you know, well, it I was think great. Chrissy Wendell, I only saved Chrissy Wendell when I, um, guessed right. <laughs> like, I don't know that if she had yeah. the, you know, if she hit her spot, she could probably score every single time. She was one of the yeah. most offensively gifted players that I've ever seen. Um, let oh, alone Darwitz. And I mean, those are some incredible players. Yeah. What from that team do you think um, really stuck with you uh, long after that? So like when you entered the workforce and you um, started being, you know, a real adult, what were some <laughs> of the, the biggest lessons that you learned from that team moving forward? Well, it's just to, you know, take what gets thrown at you and, you know, what are you, you know, how you approach it and how you deal with things is sometimes you find your best 
you in, in those moments, right? So, um, and I think that was kind of a culmination of because we had adversity and that kind of thing thrown at us, um, everybody had to be better than what they were used to. Um, and not only was asked to do that, was willing to do it and stepped up in that manner. Well, you guys will forever be remembered as champions. And I'm sure that there's still lots of times where you guys, do you guys get together still? Like well, see each other? Yeah, well, a lot of them, uh, a lot of my teammates are still in Minnesota. Um, a lot of them were Minnesotan and are still there. Um, like I mentioned, um, uh, Kelsey Bills, who is one of my best friends, um, she uh, she and I have an agreement uh, that we don't go longer than 18 months without seeing each other. So whether I go down there or she comes up here, um, it's a lot easier for me to go because um, I don't have kids and she's got two. So, um, but you know. They're, you know, they're fully willing to make the trek. Um, but uh, obviously this past year or so has put a bit of a wrench in those plans. But um, And probably uh, every time Minnesota wins, I'm sure you guys reach out to each other. Oh, absolutely. Just quite often. <laughs> it, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, and you know, I recently talked to and caught up with uh, my coach, Brad Frost. Um, he was just kind of, you know, through, through everything uh, this year. And he was reaching out to some alum and he was like, Clark, you're Top of my list. <laughs> oh, like, that's really nice that he did that and thought of that, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, whenever I'm in Minnesota, I try to at least, you know, stop by. If, if I'm there in the winter, go see a game. Um, and I've been pretty fortunate, especially with work, where there was a few years there where we were going down to the uh, Minnesota State Hockey Tournament um, in March. So it was perfect timing because it was the same time as women's WCHAs. Um, nice. It's usually held, usually held at, um, at our rink at Ritter Arena. So, you know, I'd finish work and then hop over. I'd get Kelsey to come pick me up and then we'd hop over and go to Ritter. And, and watch, pretend like uh, you're in college all over again, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. A little bit different watching from the stands, but uh, it was still really a cool experience. And I've been back a few times. Um, um, and in 2014, we had our 10, which is crazy. 2014, we had our 10 year anniversary of our, our national championship. Um, and so that weekend was, uh, outdoor games at the football field there. Mm. Um, so they had women and men's outdoor games and our team went out, um, and was honored between periods and Kelsey and I got to drop the puck at the women's game. So it was pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really and everybody was back. It was amazing. So. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been back for weddings or just random, random visits, uh, in 2018, which is the last time I was there was what I was calling baby tour 2018 because Kelsey had her second that I hadn't met yet. So I had to get down there and meet Kate. And then, um, two of my other classmates, um, were, uh, either just had a baby or were going to have a baby. So it was like baby showers happening all over the place. So it was just baby tour 2018. <laughs> but it's special that you could be a part of that and go back for it. This episode brought to you by the Sammy Joe Small Hockey School with locations in Winnipeg, Manitoba and Oakville, Ontario. Started in 1998, my philosophy is to teach in a safe, fun environment with a very individualized focus. I try to attract some of the top hockey players and coaches in order that you learn and be motivated from both Olympians and world champions to university players and great coaches and great people. We want you to work hard, have a great time, leave with new friends, and say, that was the most fun I've ever had at hockey school. You've had an incredible career within hockey, but I'm really curious what it was like being Black in the hockey community and the hockey culture. Um, 
Yeah, uh, you know, thinking about this is like, you know, with, you know, especially within the last year, um, it's been really on the precipice and on the forefront of everybody's minds, more so, I would say. Um, but I think, you know, when, when I talk to people about, you know, being black in hockey, it's, uh, I think through my childhood, it was mostly like ignorance is bliss type thing. And I don't think I really, um, really even thought about it. And, you know, as you get older, you think back on things and think maybe, maybe there was, um, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really know. I just, I think I went through it and, um, you know, hockey's the one, one of the sports where your, your face is covered. And if you have a name on the back, it's just your last name. And so for the most part, I don't know that, you know, we didn't have social media back then or, you know, there was there was nothing to tell really like anything about me, you know, other than maybe seeing me walking around in the rink. Um, so I think I don't know. I don't know what I want to say. I don't want to say that I was lucky to not have been faced with any of that. Um, like I said, I think I was blissfully ignorant through it. So um, but in, you know, and talking to my mom, you know, later, later years, she, she definitely has said that there have been a couple issues, maybe like in minor hockey and Adam ish and nothing, nothing major, but it's sort of, she dealt with it and I didn't hear anything about it. So she sort of shielded me from some of that. And I don't know, you know, my experience is my experience, right. And I don't know if I would have been better off knowing about it or, not so I can only talk about not knowing about it really so my minor hockey years were you know there wasn't very many um black players black girls specifically um playing but um you know growing up playing in Scarborough and then in Toronto it's very diverse and multicultural so um it's not like I was in a small town somewhere in you know northern Ontario where it was right who is rare to see. So I guess I have that to be thankful for that regardless of me being, you know, one of the few uh, black girls growing up playing hockey, I still had people around that, you know, were used to being surrounded by different cultures and different races. Um, and it also helped uh, growing up. I had Angela James to look up to. There was, there was somebody to look up to, mm -hmm. right? So there was somebody that was on, you know, a national team um, that I could and did you meet her with. as a young child or you just saw yeah. that she played? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew of her um, just, I think my first ever like watching world championships, it might've been, um, I don't know. It wasn't 91 that I remember very clearly the, you know, the white, the white. Oh, yeah, 1991, they wore the pink jerseys. Yes. Yeah. yeah so maybe yeah. 92. That was, they I were think, kind of, they were pinkish a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. They yeah. were dark. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I remember following along and having like a media guide of like everybody and where they played and where they were from and a little blurb about them. And so I thought that was, that was really cool. So like, that was my only exposure to the players on the team. And I had met um, Angela James. She's from the same area. Um, I think she's from Toronto area somewhere. I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember. But I'm assuming um, she's from Flemington Park because that's where the rink is named after her. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she, both her and Geraldine actually um, helped out with one of my teams. I believe it was, like, my first year in Adam. Uh, first or second year in Adam. So I thought that was really cool, too. And um, But mostly it was just – so I guess – being able to see somebody that kind of looked like me playing 
like it didn't feel like oh this is this is a big deal like I just didn't right. think of it like and that. do you now um or even when you were playing did you have little girls that would come up to you and see themselves in you and do you have any sort of recommendations for those kids yeah and and not not specifically and not specifically black kids or you know um but it's you know I I definitely have had those instances where um you know little kids have come up and you just have a bond with them or for whatever reason and that sort of happened with me in Minnesota where um uh I went to like a we had to do a community outreach um uh event at like the Minnetonka like registration day mm -hmm. and this little girl was just so so cute and she reminded me of my little cousin um so it was like we were helping her like skate around and then she was coming to all of our games after all of our home games after her and uh, her mom and it was like um you know and then my mom would come down and meet them and formed a relationship and friendship with them and so they would hang out and my mom's been to minnesota to hang out with them um so it's kind of like they were my like my hockey family sort right, of there. there. Mm -hmm. It was great. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah I'm just, sure so many little kids have been inspired by you, but do you have any recommendations for kids that are now going through it that maybe are going through a tougher time that maybe want to leave hockey? Um, is there anything that you would say to them? I would just say to, to find the community that, that is hockey and, and to lean into that um, for the most part. Hockey is a very welcoming community that I've experienced. Um, and yeah, obviously there's, there's drama and, and all adrenaline and, you know, high emotion. But in that, I think you can find your community. And, um, you know, a lot of my best friends come from me playing hockey. So, um, you know, it, it, if they're having a tough time, it's just like anything with anything else, whether it's sport or school or social life, you know, reach out and talk to people. Um, you know, talk to your parents and, um, you know, talk to somebody who might be a mentor, a coach. And, you know, there's, there's always people that are willing to help. And that's pretty much what I would say. Was there ever a time where you felt like you were different in hockey or was it all smooth sailing? Yeah, not all smooth sailing. It was, um, my culture shock into, um, living in the United States was definitely, um, eye-opening for me because um, I just thought of myself as a Canadian hockey player and went to school and I think I mentioned you know earlier that um, you know I've, I had a really good start to my freshman year on a team full of seniors um, so there was um, they wanted to do like a TV interview with me that was going to air during halftime of a football game and so you know there's a camera crew and I was like this is so cool following <laughs> me around um, you know you know, uh, following me around in the gym or, you know, to at practice and whatever else. And so at the end of it, then they would um, I'd have a sit down interview. And so they had these questions they wanted to ask. And I was like, can I just have a look at them? I was just curious. And um, yeah, so first few questions. Great. Amazing. It was how did you prepare yourself to come in to, you know, uh, defending national championship team? Did you expect to have this kind of success this early? And I'm um, like, okay, these are good. And then as yeah, kind I of the regular, down, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then as I went down the list, I was like, one of the questions was, how does it feel to be an African American player um, in a you know a white dominated sport? And I was like, huh. I'm like, well, I'm like, I feel like you can't really ask me that. I'm like, first of all, 
I'm not African. Second of all, I'm definitely not American. <laughs> and and um, so they're like, well, well, what are you then? I'm like, I'm Canadian. And they're like, yeah, but where is your family from? Where's your parents from? And I'm like, what does that matter? I'm like, where are your parents from? You know? <laughs> so um, I'm like, I was born in Canada. I have parents that were born somewhere else. And, you know, um, so just having to navigate through that. And they're like, well, what would you call yourself? Uh, like, and so when I finally said my mom, you know, was from St. Vincent, born in Aruba. They're like, well, so then would you consider yourself Caribbean Canadian? I'm like, no, no one says that. No, <laughs> I'm black, but nobody says that. Right. So it was just a really interesting, um, you know, process, I guess, to go through. And it was eye-opening for me. So know, did you get the question eliminated or they, did, did mm -hmm. they still ask it? Yeah, you did. Good for you yep. to yep. stand up and use your voice. It's probably the first time that you really had to. Yeah. And like I said, because of that ignorance I had going through minor hockey, it was like, this is a thing people are going to ask me about. Huh. Right. All right. Okay. So yeah. it was just in terms of, okay, well, how do I want to approach it? And, um, you know, for the most part, I, you know, I'll make jokes about things and, and let everybody know it's okay. I know, I know I'm aware that I'm black. It's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but, uh, so if you just keep it loose and keep the conversation open, I think it's a lot better. And, um, so that definitely opened my eyes and, um, yeah, I think back. that's a great way to, to say it is you, you keep the conversation open because yeah. a lot of people are going to have uh, questions and a lot of people are going to um, want to know. And some of it is not, um, we don't have the right to know and other things yeah. we do, you know, and then you share as much as you can and you try to make the steps after you even easier than they were for you. And it seems like you've been doing a great job of that. So Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> Moving yeah. on from your University of Minnesota career in um, 2002, you played on Canada's under 22 national team. Um, what was going through your head when you had the chance to represent um, Canada? It was it was a great experience. It was um, well, because the the selection camp was in the summer. It was in August at York University. Um, and I, I remember a lot about that week, but I mostly I remember being tired. Um, was it selection was, camp with the main camp too, or did you guys have a separate no, one? No, it was under 22, and that time they did an under 22 um, selection camp for the team, and then they also had uh, like a 25 and under, so like kind of that oh, yeah, bridging okay. that gap. Yeah. Um, so there was it was a pretty big camp that was uh, that was there, and we stayed and was there, and I remember like my, myself, Nufi, a couple others, like. Being like, okay, we have about, mm, I don't know, 30 minutes of downtime. If we sprint back to the dorms, we can sleep for 10 minutes and then sprint back and be back on time. Don't doubt each other, you know? So um, those kinds of things, like those are the moments that kind of stick out. But um, I remember, you know, getting named to the team and it was, it was, it was amazing. It's amazing feeling because um, uh, a, a few years before that, um, it went the, almost went the, to the end of the line for um, under 18 team, I didn't make it. Um, so that kind of was like looming over me. I'm like, I can't get here and not make this team. Like, mm -hmm. This is this is here for the taking. So um, was I this really at the end of your college career? So had you finished? No, college? this was uh, this was going into my junior year. Okay. So yeah, so you so U18 experience. You had a couple of years experience at college. Yep. And so you're just that much better of a player, I'm assuming, and understood the process a little bit more? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, you know, maybe a little bit more exposure. I was playing at a big school. Um, and, you know, I, I had some some really strong, my first two years offensively were really strong years. Uh, my first year being the best. Um, but uh, I remember I actually were talking to my coach because after my freshman year, I didn't get an invite to, to the camp. And um, so I talked to my, my coach and I was like, can you, like, what do I need to do? What do I specifically need to do better? I finished the I finished the year seventh in scoring in the country. So what else can I be better at? And so she reached out to Wally Kozak at the time, um, and uh, he sent back mail, and she sent it to me. And I remember being told that because I was small, and a lot of my points were power play points that there weren't, and as a center, um, they weren't sure I could you know kind of play at that next level. So I printed that off and stuck that in my bed and had it there for the next year. So my goal for the entire next year was be better five on five, um, be better plus minus, um, and be better on the draw. So those were my sort of keys to that next year. Um, well, and good for you for reaching out because I think a lot of athletes just get mad or upset and just, yeah. you know, they say, I should have been there. And then that's it. And whether you should have been there or not. That's not the point. The point is, what are right. they looking for? And so you specifically right. reached out to ask what they're looking for. And right. I'm sure that made all the difference to even just you reaching out, let them know that you had a maturity, I'm sure. And yeah. so when you finally got to wear that or got told, how did you get told that you were you had made the team? Oh, it was a weird process. Um, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, because we were, like I mentioned, when we were at the dorms at the towards the end of the camp. It was, uh, we had, I think, a scrimmage that day. Um, and then it was the last scrimmage of the week. By the Sunday, we were going to be told, and then you were leaving to go to Lake Placid to play Team USA in a three-game series. Um, so that that evening, we were kind of all hanging out in like a common area, and um, some of the staff was the coaching staff was going around and asking for certain players, and we we're like, "Uh oh, what's happening? Uh -oh. Is it happening now? Like, are we not having individual meetings in the morning? What's happening?" Um, and so I remember um, going to bed that night and we were in individual dorm rooms. And I think I spent most of the night peering through my peephole like, to see if anybody was coming. Just waiting. Like, please, don't, please don't come here. Please don't yeah. come. No, because no news was good news. If you got talked to, you probably weren't making the team. Right. So it was, uh, yeah. So I spent a pretty sleepless night waiting to hear on a breakfast the next morning and looking around and being like, Okay. And then the coaches came in and said, congratulations. Um, you know, you made you know, this year's under 22 team. And I was like, Whew. it was almost a relief, actually. Did you, have a, did you have a roommate? I'm all like, I was never told in that way, but I see the world juniors always being told that way that, uh, and they have roommates. And so somebody comes yeah. to the door and you don't know who it's for. You didn't have a roommate at the time. No, there were individuals. There were single rooms. Okay. So really so, you knew if they were knocking on your door, you're in trouble. Yeah, you would hear a knock and be like, please, please, please skip over. Please walk by. Yeah. <laughs> You're just peering through your people. <laughs> like, don't, don't come here. So you guys went right to Lake Placid right away and then started yep. the tournament? Yeah, uh, yeah, just a, a three-game series there um, against Team USA. So it was my first time kind of getting to meet and play like, on the same ice as uh, Wendell. Um, Darwitz wasn't there at that time, but Wendell was there. So I remember her on a face-off actually kind of – it's kind of comes full circle now that I think about it. She actually kind of tapped me on the shins and was like, hey, teammate. 
<laughs> so, so no matter what the situation, Chrissy Wendell is the one that always calms you down. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. guess you know, Whether you I play just, against her, with her. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it, it was good because uh, I'd been, she's the same year as me. She's an 81 and she hadn't been to school yet because at that point, Team USA had centralized for two years. So um, the year before the Olympics and then, and then after. Oh, so you had not even up. met her at this point. No. Interesting. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And then uh, my senior year was her sophomore year, but we were the same age. And so right. there's a, on occasion when we room together on road trips and, and uh, you know, your teammates would come in and like, they go, like, oh, you guys put your night cream on old ladies or what? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah. How, that, did that, uh, how did that series go? Um, I, I think, I think it was two out of three games we won. To be honest, I don't really remember. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I played with, uh, Gina Kingsbury and Joanne Eustace. So I got to play with Newfie. So Newfie's been around in and out of my life the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, well, and Gina uh, Kingsbury, who is now leading the oh, national team. I mean, that incredible yeah. leader in and of herself. So, exactly. but she would have been young then. Yeah, she's the same year as me in 81. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, which was great. It was so fun to play with her. And, um, and yeah, we had a lot of fun. That team was a lot, a lot of fun. Talk about a ton of talent in, in those years, too. Um, and uh, so, like, Piper's on the team, Apps, um, uh, Perksy, um, tons, of, tons of girls that, you know, that were, you know, national-level players that um, it was just an incredible amount in that like little group of 81, 82, 83. So, mm -hmm. Some yeah. really powerful leaders in that group too, that moved yeah. on oh, and for sure. did some great things in women's hockey. So yeah. that's a pretty remarkable group to be a part of pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then did you guys have a Christmas tournament as well? No, no? There was, no that year there wasn't a Christmas tournament. We went um, to Germany in uh, February of that year. So um, uh Played a few different teams there, so Germany. Uh, Is that what would have been the Air Canada Cup back in I the think, day? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Yeah, okay, Air Canada Cup. Um, so that was that was a really fun tournament. It's probably my, I guess the, the memory that's in my mind about that is just getting to that tournament because it was a disaster. <laughs> in um, what way? Well, it's just everybody trying to get there um, in February. We still have important games, right? So everybody, right. whether you're playing um you know in cis or ncaa this is that's go time right so um it's I, one of those things like we talked about earlier in women's hockey they hadn't thought through these things and now yeah. that tournament is in at christmas which makes right. sense when i think about it now because you're right that was right during playoffs yeah coaches don't want their players going but players want to be going and that's a, probably a tough juggling act oh of course right well because uh, well even like karen hughes was our our under 22 coach, um, that past summer. Um, but because U of T was like in the thick of things right then, um, she ended up not going. And, uh, actually it was Margot Page that came and, uh, was our coach for that, for that tournament. Um, but you know, you don't want to miss any games at that point, right. Where you're, you know, you're so, you're so in it and you're coming down the home stretch. So, we were, our team was in Bemidji, Minnesota at that point, which I'm sure, you know, it's so close I, I to Bemidji. Bemidji, yeah. Yeah. Well, the best part about Bemidji is that we got CDC there. So we got, uh, we got nice. hockey in Canada. But, um, so I had to fly out from Bemidji into Toronto, um, and then, you know, from there to Germany. But so was, from the Bemidji airport, you flew to Toronto? No, 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 oh. no, 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 uh, no, to Winnipeg, Bemidji, 
Minneapolis and oh. Minneapolis to Toronto. But when gotcha. I, so I went up there to play one game. Our team played Saturday, Sunday series. And then Sunday morning, bright and early, myself, our team manager, manager and um, our poor bus driver had to get up and drive me <laughs> to, oh. to the airport and to get on a prop plane. But it was, uh, it was, um, I got to the airport and they're like, yeah, your flight from Minneapolis to Toronto has been canceled or we can move you to a later one. And I just remember I was so tired that uh, our team manager, Erica, uh, she was just like, no, no, no. She needs to be in Toronto to get on a flight at 3.30 to go to Germany today. And they were like, what? And so, so by the time I got to Toronto, I went Bemidji, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Detroit, Detroit, Toronto. So I've been on three flights already. And probably every other NCAA athlete had done the same thing. A lot of, yes, a lot had. And like the poor Wisconsin girls somehow, they, they missed it and they, they didn't didn't make our flight. So they had to be on, I think we were on an Air Canada flight. They went to Townsa or something. Um, but even it, still. It takes we, a village, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, even still, we went Toronto, Frankfurt, Frankfurt, and then I think into Hanover. But when we were in Hanover, flying to Hanover, there was some issue where they had um, a storm or something. So I remember putting my head down on the little <laughs> tray table and just hearing the German or, you know, something over the, uh, the loudspeakers. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? What does that mean? And Margo was sitting beside me and she's like, just put your head back down. We're not landing anytime soon. We had to go back to Frankfurt and then take off and go again. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. It was the day that never ended. <laughs> it's crazy how you had this amazing experience representing your nation, your country. <laughs> and this is the one thing that really stands out in your mind is that day that you well, got through. And, that and everybody now, got like, through. people, yeah, when people talk about flights and long flights flying anywhere, I'm like, nothing could be worse than that, that day of flying. Right. So I'm okay. I'm okay. 14 hour, 15 hour flight, at, you know, as long as it, you know, takes off lands where it's supposed to go, all good. That's a great lesson learned. Sometimes in terrible situations, you realize it will not be that terrible again. Exactly. Yeah, I've already lived it. So it's good. Yeah. But yeah, I know it was it was a really great tournament. Um, you know, and it was a really close team. And I got to know a lot of uh, a, a lot of the girls there. And so it made it it made it a lot better, too, when you ran into them when you're playing them, um, you know, it, in college hockey. So you get to talk to them after the games for a little bit or go and visit them or, you know, have, have them come and visit you type thing. And it certainly makes women's hockey a real community, which is yeah. amazing. Right. And that, that lasts long after your collegiate days are done. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is really special, but I'm going to, I'm going to um, change course once again, after yeah. your college days, yep. um, you came back to Toronto and yep. did you uh, play with the, Etobicoke Dolphins first or was your team Durham when you first came back? It was still Durham but when I initially came back I actually went to Montreal because I didn't want to go home because I got used to my independence so I went to Montreal and, and played Interesting so did you play for the action then out there? Yeah 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 I did. Um, and how so many years did you play there? I was only there a half year because okay. um, I didn't have a car where I was living off the island I lived with, with Gina actually um, and uh so I had great teammates. The hockey was great. It was so mm -hmm. fun. They were so um, strong back in the day too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. still are, but yeah. 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 So I just, uh, it was just tough. And I, I was like, I, you know, I need to be able to work. And so it was kind of weighing on me and I'm like, I, I kind of need to go home. So I left there, came home. And when I came home, I was like, I'm like, I, I, I feel like I needed to, to miss hockey a little bit. So um, I'm like, I don't want to be bitter about it, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you want to leave I, on your terms when you're ready. 
Yeah. And well, I, I, I wasn't ready to jump into a new team. I'm like, I just need to, I need to sort of sit back and reevaluate for a little bit here. I'm like, okay. And, and I'm like, I need to get a job and all that stuff. So um, I did that. And um, I worked at the Nike employee store for a little bit um, and, um, you know, got some, got some experience in the real world. And, <laughs> and, um, uh, and then that, that following year, I played for Durham, but actually I think what sort of reignited my love for hockey and kind of got me over that little hump of, you know, a year that may not have gone as, as I expected was that summer I ended up playing, um, getting introduced to inline hockey. And so I went to my first uh, tournament um, in France that summer. Um, so we ended up playing team USA in the final and won three, two and the building was packed. It was an amazing atmosphere and got to go to France for the first time. So it was really, really incredible. Well, I know you had a really prolific career in inline hockey and, and ball hockey. Uh, oh, I'm not going to leave ball hockey out of it. But um, in inline hockey, you went to the World Championships numerous times. And I played uh, inline, actually. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but living in California, um, Mano Reum didn't live that far from me. So she was in Sacramento. Um, and she uh, constantly was uh, wanting to play forward. So she was looking for goalies yeah. for her team. So she got me <laughs> to play for Team Mission. So I played for Mission for in the nineties. I mean, this is well before you were probably even doing much in the hockey world. Um, but I loved it. I mean, I yeah. loved the atmosphere. I loved the tournaments. Um, and I loved the, the style of game, yeah. you know, it was much more of a flowing game. It was, uh, it was just, I loved the, the days where you just never got out of your bottom gear and you were just, you know, playing yeah. game after game after game. And I just, I loved that about inline. So, yeah. um, Tell me about some of your most memorable experiences in in line and uh, what it was like on the world stage playing uh, roller hockey. Yeah, um, well, and in, in inline, I started off like I'm a I'm a forward, but, but in inline, I think we had like an embarrassment of forwards and we didn't have that many D. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, I, I'm always I'm sort of by default, even in, in ice hockey, I would I play center because I was quick. And I have a defensive conscious. Like, I, I have right. Okay. That. So you like the defensive side of it. Yeah, I really do. So I was like, okay, let's give this a whirl. And um, I'm like, I've learned how to stop on my skate. So, okay, let's go. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Which is check number one. Yes. Exactly. Um, so I, I started playing D and I really loved it. Like I loved being sort of the playmaker and, and being able to have that vision of, of the floor and with it being wide open with no, you know, no red line, no blue line. It was, it was just everything. It was, it was really run and gun. I mean, defense could take the ball, take the, the puck and um, you're really, you're on this like flow, right? And yeah. you can control the whole play back there and probably yeah, play the well, whole time too. Exactly. It's a, it's a possession game, right? And in terms of, you know, you don't dump and change it in inline. Right. You're just giving up possession. You bring it behind your own net and wait for people to come on and protect the puck and then come back out as a unit. I really, really love that style of the game. Um so, yeah, you know, I had a really great experience that first time around where um, and maybe I got spoiled or too early, you know, winning my first tournament. Um, and then for I didn't play again until 2008 going to Germany. Um, and uh, um, again, like just getting to go back to Germany uh, was, was really cool. I didn't think I'd ever get to go back, you know, so quickly. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the amount of places I've got just gotten to play and the opportunity to play and represent my country it was amazing um and uh yeah it's just 
Um, the, the, and the, probably the best part of it too, the, you know, is, is being able to bring my mom to these tournaments and. Oh, amazing. Um, I didn't realize that. So she traveled the world too. Yeah. Yeah. So she, uh, the first year we went to Italy was in 2009 and, uh, she'd always wanted to go to Italy. So, uh, we talked on a few days afterwards. I'm like, okay, so the tournament is, um, uh, was, uh, kind of, um, where was that? Uh, kind of near Milan. Okay. Um, so I'm like, okay, where would you want to go? And she's like, well, it's either Venice or Rome. I'm like, well, let's go to Rome, you know? So we tacked on a few days and did Rome. And then funnily enough, two years later, the tournament was like just south of, you know, south of Rome. So we ended up going back. <laughs> but It must um, have been so special for her, though, to be able to experience that with you without really the same pressures that would have existed in ice hockey, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. But, you know, I'm sure her level of anxiety was still the same. So you know, we weren't guaranteed to win all the time, right? We still had to work really hard. And, um, you know, we won um, in uh, Colombia in 2012 and then in 2016 in Asiago. Italy. So, um, and do you still play? Um, if, if Yeah, I, I would be playing if, if we could right now. Um, I, uh, I love the game. I can just play locally and playing in Mississauga. Um, and, uh, just getting to play with friends and, you know, even if it's just kind of a scrimmage, it's a great workout and you sweat a ton. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and I just, I really love the flow of the game because it's just, you know, four on four is a little more space. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's an, an incredible game. I really love it. I really love the fact that you get to see countries that you wouldn't normally see playing mm -hmm. ice hockey because of that barrier to entry. Right. So you know, when we were in Asiago in 2016, I think actually my mom teared up. She was telling me when um, there is um, a women's team from Iran that was on the floor playing a game. And she was wow. like, this is so amazing. So, um, But you're right. There isn't that barrier to entry of having the facilities. I mean, there's still probably the barrier of a little bit of the cost, but yeah. not the same as having facilities in your own country. I know in California, it was in parking lots. I mean, you yeah. could just go play. And it was yeah, like, exactly. that's what I loved about seeing it. It's like, oh, this is hockey. This is, yeah, yeah it was pretty special. Yeah, no, it was in incredible. And like, you know, the memories are, are sort of endless and like just the cities you get to visit. And, um, and, and I'm, you know, you're there and you're playing hockey, but you get to experience the culture. And there's a little bit more downtime, I'd say, than, you know, with ice hockey and, um, and, you know, tournaments, you know, as I remember it from under 22. So, well, um, and that's really, I mean, that's the whole point of sport is, you know, the people you meet and the experiences yeah. you get to have, and you got to have those in boatloads. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah been, which is pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah. So on to your CWHL career, I guess it would have been the end of HL when you first started playing for Montreal. And then you came back the following season after taking a half a year off and, was the team called the Durham Lightning at the time? Yeah, yeah, it was. Just so they had more from yeah. the Dolphins to. No, yeah, no, it was the Telus Lightning, then Durham Lightning, then Etobicoke Dolphins. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> and then the Vaughn Flames. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's the trajectory of that team. Every team uh, back in the day for our listeners had multiple different names, but essentially you guys were the same core, right? And so. Right. Um, the Durham uh, slash Etobicoke slash Bond team, um, while you guys had a ton of skill on your team, I think the thing I remember about playing you guys uh, was the smiles. You guys all looked like you were having so much fun all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which must have been pretty amazing. And I know that you're still really good friends with a lot of uh, those girls. So let's talk about before you joined the Toronto team. So before that, um, yeah. tell me a little bit about 
that group of teammates that you had, uh, maybe how they helped you with your transition um, out of college, because that's never an easy thing, um, and uh, how close you guys remained even after the hockey um, playing experience. Yeah, well, and, and I think what what helped bridge that gap and that transition from, you know, sort of my wake-up call of, okay, so, you know, I'm not sort of vying for the things I was vying for before in my hockey career. So if that's not a thing, then what what am I, sort of, you know, as a, as a hockey player? Um, so it was a great group of, of girls that, you know, love, you know, just loved the game, but were fun to be around. Um, and it kind of felt like being in college all over again. So it was, you know, and it was such an embracing atmosphere. So, um, you know, the, you know, like you mentioned, you know, a lot of those girls are, I'm still very close with, um, the teams were a ton of fun. Yeah. We had a ton of skill, um, and worked hard and I just, you know, we never really had that, that top, top level talent. We're, you know, a team of, 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 uh, you know, we worked hard and you guys you know, had a we really good year that won um, the Etobicoke Dolphins year when oh, yeah. Chrissy Wendell well, was there. Well, yeah, we picked up some uh, skills. <laughs> what was your goal? P Pinelli was your goalie? No, um, it was uh, Desi Clark. Oh, so Desi she Clark. Our, and she played first. exceptional at the national championship. She was so good. Yeah, you guys did. I mean, you say you didn't have that top tier talent, but you guys still had sort of. I mean, you had Chrissy, and then you had yeah. like that next level of girl that was almost at the national team. I mean, you had some really good players. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, um, who also yeah. knew how to have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember that was that was a really fun year for us because that's when back when they had the Esther Women's Nationals, right? And that was uh, out in BC in uh, Salmon Arm, I believe. Um, but yeah, so just getting getting to that tournament was was huge. And, you know, we just embraced it and we, we had a really, a really great tournament, um, some close games against that Calgary. I think it was still the Oval Extreme at the time. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, close game against them in the, the round robin. Um, uh, and then uh, I think then I think we played as the arrows. Was that you guys? Yeah. You guys beat us one nothing in the semi. That was yeah. a, that was a tough loss because we had played you guys all season. And I think it had been, you know, kind of back and forth all season. Yeah. Um, but you know, we had that that arrows mentality of, oh, we're going to win, you know, and, right. and we didn't. And yeah. to see you guys so jubilant. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, looking back at it, it was it was really great for women's hockey because I think there was have and have not teams. And you guys built a program to create something uh, essentially out of nothing. And Perfect. you guys did it yourselves. And that was really amazing to see. Yeah, well, it was it was great, and I now that I think back, and I remember that moment. I think between uh, was that an overtime game? I think that was an overtime game. Could have been an. I don't. I'm, I don't I'm remember. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Desi had had like fifty something saves. Oh yeah, I mean we crazy. drastically outshot. Yes. So, oh, sure. of course you did. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember. I think we talked about it beforehand that whoever scores just go to the bench and jump in. And <laughs> I ended up scoring and scoring the game winner. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I started bombing to the bench and then got tackled from behind by Megan Art. So oh, that's everybody's funny. like, you ruined it. <laughs> Artsy ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. But it was, that was awesome. And, you know, that was, uh, that was a great moment. And, um, you know. It was a great moment that scored on me, but that's fine. I mean, it, I, yeah. <laughs> like I, I got lots of tears out already. So I'm good. 
I, I think we surprised ourselves, you know, it's, it's, those, those games happen. No, I think it was really great for women's hockey, for sure. It, it was for sure an upset, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Um, and then uh, I think the next game against Calgary was close-ish, but not as close. Um, but again, we just, we had a great, we had such a fun team. And, and you uh, made it there. I mean, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Even to make it there, you still had, you know, there were still play downs to get into that tournament. So yeah, um, yeah, it was awesome. And then that, uh, we'll call it Etobicoke-Durham slash um, Vaughn, <laughs> that Vaughn yeah. team. In 2010, the CWHL had the first ever draft. And so yep. now all, all of a sudden, teams were merged together. And yep. you and I got drafted to the same team, to yep. Toronto. Um, when you look at the roster, essentially it looked like what was – we were no longer the Toronto Arrows, we were the Mississauga Chiefs, but it was sort of my team and your team. And I would yeah, say for the most part, uh, the Toronto Arrows slash Mississauga Chiefs mantra uh, was really about excellence, was about um, performance. And then uh, your team that was more about enjoying the, the, the process of hockey. And right. to me, I think the merging of those two mentalities, while initially, I think for me, it was tough because it was like, these girls are having way too much fun. Like, <laughs> but I think what it did for me personally is it brought me the joy of the game. And right. I really appreciated that. And so what was it like for you guys coming into that mentality, seeing us from the other side? Yeah, I, I think we kind of probably felt exactly what you were feeling, that sort of trepidation going into this of like, how are we going to mesh together here? But mm -hmm. um, Two I opposite remember, ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah. Yeah, but then there were some, you know, introductions of some newer players who had just graduated. So there was, there was a mix of the two teams and then some, you know, you know, fresh blood too. So um, it wasn't super stark and contrasting. Um, and I remember, I think it was one of our first road trips and um, we just, uh, you know, we had a great, great time on the bus. And, and I, I just, I think that, that, that helped so much, right, where you just have that downtime together and can, and just really, you know, kind of mesh as a team. And I think that was the year that, uh, um, was it the rookies that, that had to wear prom dresses to the, uh, <laughs> on the bus? That was a tradition on our team that I think we brought to. Yeah, and I loved it. I love, yeah. I love costumes. I love dressing up. So that was, I was, I was loving that. Yeah, yeah I think that, uh, you're right. I think we had, um, more fun in us than I think we gave us ourselves credit for. And I think you guys had more um, uh, pursuit of excellence than you guys gave yourselves credit for. So meshing Probably. those two teams together, I think was, um, for me, I think one of the reasons that I stayed in hockey for so long was that group of, of girls and um, allowing me to, to really find joy in the game. And yeah. I can remember one of the first team parties that we went to and, um, at your house, you guys had the stairs covered with um, cardboard. <laughs> People were sliding down the cardboard stairs. And they're like, slide, yep. slide down the cardboard stairs. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> I was had... thinking I'm coming to this like team building party. Yeah. And of course my first slide down and I don't stop the rest of the party, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we had the, uh, actually I think it was our, um, it was like a team mum out at the, the tournament in uh, the shoe swap at uh, nationals and um she bought us because we were the dolphins at the time bought us this big blow up dolphin and we brought that home with us and then we would take that down the stairs so, awesome. yeah. so that uh yeah that that was around for a while snowflake 
Snowflake was around. Snowflake. <laughs> I love it. So no matter what team you guys were called, it didn't matter. Snowflake didn't matter. Yeah. still followed. <laughs> didn't matter. Didn't matter at all. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, the, that hockey house was was a fun time. And, uh, you know, it was sad to, sad to move out of there. But, you know, it was like college prolonged. It was right. you know, being in college, but actually having to go to work and be responsible. Um, but when it's downtime and you have, you know, on the weekends, we're going to have a fun, a fun, a fun time. Well, most of the girls that lived in that hockey house have gone on to some pretty amazing things. So um, I think it, it uh, suited you guys very well. Um, yeah, it did. After you retired, you just played for the Furies, what I guess became the Furies for Toronto for one year, right? Yep. Yeah, just the and, one, yeah. Yeah, and then you retired. And did you immediately get a job at Warrior or how did that progression work? I actually, so I've been with Warrior now for 14 years, which is crazy to think about. Um, which is so, incredible in the hockey industry. So congratulations yeah. on that. That's <laughs> Thank impressive. You. Thank you. I actually, um, I started working for Warrior in late February of 2007. So actually, I had okay. started, um, you know, in my interview, they'd asked if I had any, you know, vacation booked or anything. And I'm like, well, you know, obviously they knew that I played hockey. I'm like, we're in playdowns right now. If we make it to nationals, um, I can start on the 26th, but the next week I have to leave. <laughs> and they're like, I'm like, I know that's kind of, you know, inconvenient, you know, to start a new job and take off. And they're like, you work for a hockey company. Like, go. If you make it, That's go. great. <laughs> so, of all the companies that could have understood that, I'm sure that they did. So Yeah, exactly. So I was one week, one week in and, you know, and then off to BC. So, um, yeah, then, um, so that was, yeah, 2007. I started as a, a technical rep. So I was basically in support of, of the other sales reps in Ontario, helping out at events and doing product knowledge sessions for retail staff and just sort of checking in um, on a retail level to help better service, um, you know, our accounts. Um, and uh, yeah, and then, and we used to have an office that was based in Mississauga. So I was in the office um, part of the time and then on the road part of the time. And so now what is your job with Warrior? I'm now a sales rep. So it's from technical rep that I went to sort of an in, in-house uh, like sales support, um, which I still have some of those responsibilities because we no longer have an office um, in Canada. Um, so I work remotely and I've been remote since 2012. Um, so this whole virtual world is not, nothing new to me. <laughs> You're <laughs> but, used to this. But just more of it now because I, I don't get to go on the, you know, get in my car and, you know, go see accounts and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, so as a sales rep, I have a fairly small territory. It's basically the greater Toronto area and uh, to Kingston. And then um, and then I, I help out um, with uh, sales support in terms of um, organizing for trade shows or, you know, uh, sales meetings and, and that kind of thing. And what's it like be working in the hockey world? Well, you know, it's what's that old adage of, you know, find something you love and, and you know, and you'll never work a day in your life. So it doesn't really feel like work. Um, I have a great group of um, uh, a great team in Canada, a great team in the U.S. Um, and uh, New Balance owns Warrior, so you know there's tons of support from from New Balance as well. Um, it, it's it's amazing being in the hockey industry and getting to talk hockey all day. And so it's like I don't I don't I don't consider it work. It's this I didn't know that there was a perfect job for me, and I'm currently in it. That's pretty special that at this at this age, you have found something that you love so much. What do you think that you, having been a elite slash professional, even though we didn't get paid, you put the hours in of a professional yeah. athlete, um, 
what do you think that you learned from that experience that has translated into your current job? Um, I, there's a, there's a ton and, and just in terms of, um, the hockey culture itself really helps in my job and, you know, everybody I deal with for the most part and, um, you, you speak hockey. And, um, so that's obviously very helpful, but I think the most, you know, especially, you know, we've all been living it, but it's the ability to adapt. Um, and as hockey players, that's what the game is. It's reading a situation and reacting. And, and that's kind of, you know, what I've, the biggest thing that I've sort of taken into, into my role and um, into the hockey industry. So. Well, it's uh, pretty impressive. The career that you had, not only growing up, but at University of Minnesota um, and onto the national team um, and then into the CWHL at a time when, you know, most of us toiled away in obscurity. Uh, I'm so glad that listeners got to know who you are um, and the reasons why you are the way you are. And I think what you did for uh, me at a time in my career that was really at the end of my national team career, it's exactly what I needed. So thank Great. you. Thank <laughs> you for bringing joy to the game and to still continuing to bring that passion that you have for hockey to the hockey industry as well. So thank you so much for all of your insights today. Uh, and thank you so much for being on my podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was great to actually like just kind of sit down and, and, and chat. So was, this was great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sammy Joe's podcast. If you have suggestions for guests in the future, would like to book her for your next event, advertise on this podcast, or to purchase her latest book, The Role I Played, please go to www.sammyjoesmall.ca.